Hi there. Welcome to our church service and message this morning. And I really, I really appreciate the time that you've given to, uh, to hear what I believe God has to say to our church and to our community. You know, more than ever, I am very mindful of the role that God has given us uh, in leading our church through this time. Uh, I really feel the strength of God. We are, we are called to co-labor with Jesus, and so I'm so grateful that he does the heavy lifting. Um, I'm also very mindful that this message does get uh, does extend beyond our church family. And uh, for those who are trying to, uh, who are watching that aren't part of our church family, we're glad you're here. And I know there's people uh, watching this message that are just trying to find some hope in a in a hopeless world, um, trying to find an anchor in some of the troubled times we find ourselves in. And I do want to thank you for your time and pray that you would find peace in your hearts as we move forward as a nation together. So this morning, this I'm going to give one of the longest introductions I've ever done uh, to a sermon uh, series. Uh, I've got a few messages I want to share, and this morning is really a bit of an introduction, and then I'll follow that through over the next uh, two messages that I do speak. Um, but firstly, I want to establish something which is absolutely fundamental to what I believe, to how I think, what I say, and what I do. I believe that the Bible is God's Word to us today. I believe it is alive and powerful, and I believe that it is uh, relevant to our situations that we face in this very time that we live in. Uh, the Bible, for me, it frames my approach to family. It, it frames my approach to parenting. It shows me what it means to love others and to serve others. The Bible, for me, is what reveals the nature of God through the lens of Jesus Christ. It helps me to make sense of this world that I live in, and it gives me an objective truth that lies beyond the shaking that so easily occurs in the world that we face today. Now, I can appreciate for many people, and perhaps some of you that may be listening or watching, that the Bible may not be your frame of reference. I appreciate that, but it is for me. And, and uh, the Bible it has shaped the, 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 uh, the, the face of Christianity, of our Western world. Uh, our, our, me our medical systems, our healthcare, our caring for our needy and the poor and charity, these are all biblical values that have been established throughout history and they're anchored truly in God's Word, God's uh, spoken Word to His people and to us today. And so, so no matter where you stand on your, on your understanding of the Bible, uh, for us as Christians, it is our absolute foundation. Uh, Paul wrote into a letter to uh, Timothy, a young leader, and he said to him in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, uh, the Word of God said, Paul said, All Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I love the Word of God. I love how it can help me deal with my bad attitudes, my wrong approach to relationships or conflict, you know, for me, the Bible is everything. And I think that's really important as we consider the content of my message today. It starts with the spoken Word of God. Uh, secondly, my experience of Jesus has been so real. He is my life. He is my hope. He is my inspiration. He is the one that saved me. He is the one that, that, that gave me a new life and I'm so grateful that he walks with me and he, and he talks with me. And I'm so grateful that he calls me his friend. 
I'm so grateful that Jesus is with me through his Holy Spirit. And he, he empowers me. He helps me. He enables me to live the life that he calls me to live. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in me that transforms me into the to person, into the husband, into the father, into the pastor, and so much more. The, the work of the Holy Spirit in me is so real to me as well. So I love the Word of God. I love Jesus and, and His Holy Spirit. And I, I also love the church. I, not, not so much the building, although we do have a, a pretty good building. Um, and uh, we've been to Europe and we've seen some amazing cathedrals in, in London and in, and in Rome. Uh, but we see the church is far more, when I say I love the church, I don't, it's not just the building, not even the buildings that I love, you know, because um, there is far more to the church than a building. Church is more than just the gathering that we have on a Sunday. And I miss you guys. I miss getting together and, and talking and celebrating and worshipping together. I miss that, and I'm sure you miss that too. But church is more than just the gathering on Sundays. Church, the church is a people that are united with a common focus, and that is to worship Jesus and to walk with Jesus and to learn what it is to be with Him, to learn what it is to, to become like Him, and to learn what it is ultimately to, to do what he did. I believe the church is called, we, you and I, are called to be his representatives on earth today. We are called to represent Jesus to a fallen and broken and lost and hurting world. And you know what? Together as the church, we get to do that. Together, we get to pray together, we get to worship together, we get to believe together, and we get to work together to make a difference in the places that, that God sends us, to be salt and light, Jesus said, in the world today. Bill Hybels puts it this way, and I absolutely love this quote about the church. Bill Hybels says, Nothing on earth has greater potential to change lives and carry out his kingdom work in your community than your local church. There is nothing like the local church when it is working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. No other organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. What an amazing uh, snapshot of the church that God calls us to be part of. And for us, I've given my life uh, to serve the church and to be part of God's kingdom at work through ordinary people like you and me. And so I really wanted to establish those three things with those thoughts in mind. I want to turn my, our attention to the message I feel that God wants me to share over these next uh, few uh, messages. Last week, I introduced a message called Civil War. And I, I talked about how I believe that the enemy is trying to um, uh, separate and, and destroy and pull down the work of the church. Try, and using the current pandemic crisis to create dissension, a division within our ranks. And particularly over the matters of, of vaccinations or freedoms or government or control. And so the question I have for each one of us today is how do we, as a people of faith, how do we, as a people of, of the book, the people who stand on God's word, how do we navigate through these times? Because these are incredibly complex issues. And now we have our roadmap to freedom. And uh, even in our roadmap to freedom that our government is talking about, there are still some very unclear ideas 
that affect the church, when churches can reopen, the conditions of reopening, the uncertainty of vaccination passports. You know, we don't have any clear information on those things regarding the church. But I want to make it very clear that our eldership believes that everyone should be free to attend, pray, worship, and experience God's goodness in our community of Hunter Christian Church. And I believe in the church across our nation. I don't believe that the, the government has rights to, to determine who can come through the doors of our church. Certainly as an eldership, regardless of anyone's vaccination stations, stations situation, you are welcome. That is our message. That's God's message to everyone. Let anyone come to us. And so I just wanted to put it out there and make it very clear. Now, when we have some more clarity in this space, we will communicate directly to you what that looks like. Now, I want to encourage you that the media is not always the most helpful source, just in case you were thought that's, that, that might be news to you. Um, pardon the pun. Um, I tell you what, something else which is not always the best place to look for truth, that is Facebook. Now, there's a lot of stuff on Facebook, and I tell you what, not all of it is necessarily truth. And we must even be careful what we digest from some well-meaning friends that we have. And so, so we come back to the problem again. Where do we go to make decisions? What do we do? Now, it's very easy for us to say, well, I, you know, Mark, I just do what the Bible says. And I, I actually I understand what you're trying to say there. But let me, let me pose some questions to you. Let, let's look at a passage. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Okay, I love this verse, and I think it is really, really good. Uh, Paul says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline or, or a sound mind. Now, so we can say, well, you know, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Okay, so the question I have for you, because the Bible says that I get that. The question is, does that mean that I don't need to fear the virus, and so I don't need a vaccination? Or, or does it mean I don't need to fear the vaccination? You see, God's Word isn't actually giving you a, a, a directive in that space. He's saying, either way, don't fear. We don't need to fear because God's there. Now, Romans chapter 13, verse 1, here's another scripture that uh, I've heard it called a clobber a verse, clobber verse. And I am going to talk about this one a little bit deeper next week. But I love this. And I think it has incredible importance for us right now. Romans 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all, all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And I believe that. I believe that because the Word of God says it, because Jesus also encouraged us. And Paul, a number of times, tells us to honour and pray for our governments. And so, but the, the question I want to ask on that one, because sometimes we use that verse just to shut down any conversation. But, but the question is, what authorities do we, do we listen to? What, do, do we do everything they say? Or is there a line that is crossed? And, and if there's a line, when do we stand up? Or where do we draw the line? Uh, I take us back to, uh, to 1942 and the church in Germany. They, they submitted to government authorities. They, 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 they did not see the line that was there. And we know the outcome 
of that. So all I'm doing, I'm, I'm trying not to make a political statement. I'm not making one at all, in fact. But what I'm identifying here, when we use Scripture, we've got to look at it in context. I'm going to talk more about this verse next week. And so let's go to another verse, Acts chapter 15, verse 29. And this is somewhat uh, contrary to the verse I just read. But Peter, this is uh, Peter and the apostles were, were arrested and thrown in jail for, for preaching the name of Jesus. And they, and, so they, and they were commanded, don't preach in his name anymore. So in Acts 5, 29, Peter and the apostles replied, well, we must obey God rather than human authority. So, so, so hang on a sec, is Scripture saying we've got to obey human authority? Or do we obey God? So where's, where is the line? What, what do we do with these verses? Philippians chapter, four, chapter 2, verse 4, we talked about this one last week. Um, Paul says, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So, so in this whole, all these debates that we have, am I supposed to be thinking about myself? Am I thinking, or, or do I totally disregard myself and just think about others? Again, I'm not answering quite, you got today's message, you're not going to get answers, but I believe you're going to be given, uh, I'm believing in God that you're going to find a place that we can find peace and hope and strength. And so uh, let's do one more scripture, because this is another one. We talk about our conscience. You know, Mark, I just want to do what my conscience says. And so, and so Romans chapter 14, and I'm going to deal with this one in my message after the next one, um, because Romans 13 deals with how we respond to authority. Romans 14 deals with how we respond to uh, our conscience. And so Paul says, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty about doing something they have decided is right. And I think this is a really important verse. I think it's important through this whole journey that you are prayerful and mindful and just seeking God and what he's asking you to do in response to any of the, the situations and um, the, the complex scenarios that we're facing right now. But the question I have for you, is your conscience enough? Is it enough? I ask you, what is informing your conscience? What is informing your heart? What, what are you consuming online or books or newspapers, what are, you what are you consuming that is shaping your thoughts? Is it the rabbit hole that you can so easily head down of what they would call conspiracy theories? Or, or is it the, the endless supply of statistics and percentages that we are hearing from government? Friends, what is informing your conscience? What is informing your heart? And I would put it to you, I pray that that today you'll walk out of this, you'll, you'll step up out of your lounge chair, out of this thinking, you know what, the thing that needs to be informing me more than ever is God's Word. And, and, that, and that filtered through the, the lens of Jesus. And so, you know, these are all complex matters for us to wrestle with. Because where do we look for truth? Where do we look for peace? Where do we look for hope? And I said it before, it actually all culminates in Jesus. He said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus is the hope of the world. And so, so that's some foundations to what I'm trying to get to as we process the decisions we need to make in life. So in this message, I'm not going to give you a positional statement. I, if, I'm, I'm not going to give you a list of verses that tell you you should be vaccinated or you shouldn't be vaccinated. 
I'm not going to present research on either side. I'm not going to, I don't want to give you anything else that is going to give you more, more things to be burdened by or be confused by. I'm not going to give you medical advice and I'm not going to give you legal advice. Humbly, what I do want to give you is some spiritual advice. And, and I want us all to see how God's word can help us navigate through this issue. Not, not, not just the vaccine. But I believe there's, there's many things in, that, that are in front of us as a church and as a nation that I think we need God's Word to be the, the final say, the final authority in how we respond in the weeks and months ahead. I believe that God has a pathway through this chaos. I believe that. I actually believe that I, one day we might sing this song again, if you remember it, Waymaker. Who remembers that song? Brilliant song. When are you on next, Jeremy? Let's see how we go. But I believe that God is the way maker. I believe that, uh, why do I believe? I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen God uh, through Scripture. When, when the Red Sea was blocking the Egyptians, God made a way through the Red Sea. God makes a way. And I believe that in this place where right now, that God has a way for us to navigate through and for us to come through this uh, looking at Him. He walks with us through dark and uncertain valleys. He is with us in the midst of our fears and in the midst of our pain. I really believe this is the time that God wants His church to rise up in faith. I really believe, and, and Pastor Helen a few weeks ago raised this thought that perhaps that God, that God has placed the church here right now for such a time as this. And so this is what I'm passionate for to see God's church, God's people, you and me, rise up and become who He needs us to be in this time and in this place. I'm not fearful at all about the future. I'm excited about the possibility. I believe that we've got a role to play to be salt and light, to be a beacon of hope that is anchored in God's Word, anchored in God's way, and are led by faith. And so, in my last message that I, I talked about, I've been looking at uh, Paul writing letters from lockdown. He wrote a number of letters to lockdown. One of them was to the Philippian church, and he was encouraging them to, to look beyond the external uh, situation, look beyond what is happening in the external and see that God is at work. He was encouraging them to keep Jesus the center of their attention and center of their hearts and minds. And he was also saying, you know, it's important in the midst of any lockdown, in the midst of any pushback, to keep the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the center the most important thing that we focus on, keep it the main game. Paul also reminded us how do we deal with different opinions uh, with one another. And it starts off with tender and compassionate hearts. Be humble, be gracious, be kind, be forgiving, be honest. Paul would say we need to have the same attitude as Jesus did. Jesus was willing to lay down everything, everything for the sake of others in obedience uh, to the Father and in response to uh, the, the needs of, of broken humanity. And so I do believe this is an important time for the church in Australia because I, believe, I know that across our nation, people are hurting. I know across our church family, people are hurting. People are confused. People are feeling abused, abandoned. People are full of anxiety or depression isolation, people are unsure, uncertain about what tomorrow holds, what the next 
news release, what the next press conference, what the next restriction or what the next condition will be. People are wrestling with fear or guilt. And I really believe that more than ever our church is in desperate need for hope. I believe more than ever, uh, more than ever, and as, our, as we, you can see this as we're journeying forward through this pandemic, our nation is in desperate need of healing. I'm not just talking about bodies that are sick and we need to be praying for those. In fact, I've got a pastor friend. Uh, in fact, you might know uh, John Wolfenden. He's been in, in the Newcastle region for decades. But he and his wife are currently right now in, uh, in, in, in hospital with COVID. So, so, so yes, our, our nation needs prayer for healing for their bodies. But more than anything, our nation needs prayer for healing for hearts because, because, because people are being torn apart. There's this, back to civil war, there's such a risk of this civil war of people turning against one another. And the nation's, had, the, the nation's in need of, of hope, desperately in need of healing. But I really believe that the nation, more than all of that, is in desperate need of the peace and the life that only Jesus can bring. Uh, Jesus said this about himself, and you, you probably know this verse. It talks about his, what, he, what, what, what his mandate is. And he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Now, I want you to think about the Spirit of God that lives, same Spirit lives in us. The same Spirit lives in you and me and also anoints us for the same thing to bring, and this is so important for right now, to bring good news to the poor. Now, we're not talking about those who, who don't earn enough money. We're talking about the poor in spirit, the broken, the hurting. He has sent us to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. And I love verse 19. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus and upon you and me today that we would declare that the time of the Lord's favour has come. You know, I believe that's what our, our nation is in desperate need for. Now, many of them don't, don't know that. They're looking for answers in all sorts of places. But ultimately, we as Christians, we should know this, that our hope and our life comes from Jesus. So the nation desperately needs the church for you and me to wake up, to rise up, to turn up, to step up, to speak up and cheer up. I think the, church, the, the nation desperately needs us to be the church. Now, this, uh, as I said, this is probably the longest introduction to the, the, the sermons I want to do. But I believe that these messages are probably some of the most important messages I've ever needed to give. Because I do believe that God wants to speak into our narrative for the issues of today and the issues of tomorrow. For the issues that affect us and the issues that affect our kids and our grandkids. God wants to speak into that narrative. Now, you've got some homework to do over this little time. I want to encourage you, Romans uh, 12 to 14. That's some great scriptures to be thinking about and praying about. As I said, uh, in this space, Paul deals with how we handle different positions, how we handle matters of government, how we handle matters of conscience and opinions, things that are important to us personally, but things that are important to us corporately. So I, I'm actually looking forward to sharing these messages with you and I really, really appreciate your prayers uh, and your grace toward me as I try to navigate us together through this, standing on the stepping stones of God's word because I know those stepping stones are stable. 
you know, other stepping stones could be a bit wobbly. And so, but I want to take us on a journey through God's Word, looking at how we can walk through this time. Because I believe that God has a way for us to do this together, to truly be a light that shines in this dark time, to be a beacon of hope for the hopeless and a message of healing for the broken. Now, um, last week in our e-news, if you didn't get a chance to read the e-news, there's a very practical article that I put a link in uh, for you to consider. Uh, a pastor in Sydney, and I thought it was a really well-written article. That's why I put it in the e-news. And I want to encourage you to, to if, you, if you haven't done it yet, have a look at it. Um, it's not long, take you five, six minutes, but uh, and I'm going to give you the eight quick dot points that he talked about because it's really practical in this time that we're walking through. Number one is remember that the two great commandments are to love God and to love others. Just remind ourselves of that. Number two, turn your panic into prayer. That's good advice. Number three, we need to be informed. That's so true. Uh, and we need to be thankful. Number four, to be humble and acknowledge that, that no one is infallible. Number five, remember that we, can, we can't completely avoid risk. And all these things, he, he gives uh, scriptures and, and ideas and thoughts around that in his article. Uh, number six, don't pressure other people towards your own view. Number seven, have a biblical view of government. And number eight, strive to maintain the unity of the church. And I think that's what I want to tap into some of those truths as we look at these passages uh, that particularly Paul wrote into this time. Now, as we close, I want to pray. I want to do something a bit different. I want to pray, do a closing prayer, uh, and I want to pray through a beautiful portion of Scripture. And so, and after I, I finish this prayer, um, we will, uh, Ali will come up and we'll uh, have our prayer request for our church family. So on the screen is this, uh, these verses. This is Philippians. Again, the same letter from lockdown we've been talking about. And then Paul, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to pray about it. So, verse 6. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Lord, I pray that for each one of us today, Lord, that our minds and our hearts won't be pulled in all sorts of directions, that we won't get worried about the things that the, th the people of the world are worried about. Lord, I pray that we would, uh, we would learn that we can be saturated in prayer each day. Lord, that we can, our, our prayer life is our, just our daily journey, journey walking with you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to craft faith-filled prayers. Help us to believe in faith, all you can do. And uh, that we can come before you and bring our, our requests, no matter what they are, before you. And be thankful that you hear us and you care about us. Lord, I pray, I thank you that you are interested in every detail of my life. Lord, I, I thank you that we can bring all the little bits from the, the, the homeschooling struggles to the, to the big issues of hospitalization and, and sickness, even death. Lord, I, I thank you that when we can bring our detail of every issue before you, that your wonderful peace that goes beyond our understanding, I thank you that your peace can guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to keep our thoughts continually fixed on what's authentic and real. Lord, help us to discern what, what, what is good for our conscience and our, our thinking and our thoughts. Lord, help us to, to understand the only guarantee we have what's authentic and real is Jesus and your word. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to, to focus on what's honorable and admirable and what is beautiful and respectful. Lord, help us to, to focus in this time, instead of focusing on so much else, to be focusing on what is pure and holy, merciful and kind. 
And Lord, uh, help us to fasten our thought on every glorious works that you do. Help us to, to wake up in the morning and see a glorious sunrise. Or like the sunset that was last night, Lord, that was amazing. Lord, I pray that you'd open our eyes to you in the foreground of our very existence and that you're with us. And Lord, and we can learn to praise you no matter what's going on around us. In Jesus' name. Amen.